Hello everybody, welcome back to the Tiny Room. Happy Mother's Day. I am your co-host Michael and I am here with a man who has been described as some mother's son. It's Benjamin. Hello. I am a mother's son. You're otherwise. a son of a mother. Uh, son of a mother. Son son of a mother. I've never understood son of a gun. It's quite an odd expression. It's like, oh, I don't get it. But yeah, most people are sons of mothers. Did you know that, Michael? Yes. Hold on. I'm trying to think of a good joke about son of a gun. I've got nothing. Ben, I've no, got nothing. I don't even have a pun. Damn it. Damn it. What is the point in doing a podcast when your co-host can't even make a pun on son of a gun? Oh, I meant that rhyme. Oh, rhymes rhymes are the weakest form of wit. Benjamin. <laughs> Shut up for a second. Um, <laughs> ben, have you seen that Black Panther has passed one billion at the box office? It's so much money. It has also been confirmed for a sequel. Oh, has it? The sequel has been confirmed as of yesterday. Um, time of recording is the 11th of March, so it was confirmed yeah, on the 10th. Day. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, we could have. Sorry. Yeah, anyone who's smart would have figured that out. But for those of us who are a bit more Benish... Um, Today is the 11th of March, so ben, yesterday... You want to be careful with that. I don't think you want to give at podcast wanker the term Benish to oh, throw around. Oh dear, we're done. Okay. Ben, well, is it International Mother's Day or is it just uh, Ireland and the UK Mother's Day? Um, yeah, Italian people don't seem to celebrate Mother's Day. Then, every day is Mama's Day Mama's in Italia. Day. No, every day is Sun's Day in, in, in Italy. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I tell you what they are super hyped for, though. It's Bloody Paddy's Day. Oh, every really? Every single pub within a two-mile radius in Florence. You see, I, I think it's because of the large amount of Americans who are here. Um, ah. But they are all hyped for, for St. Paddy's Day. Um, Benjamin, do you have your yes. Kiss Me, I'm Irish t-shirt ready? Um, I, I don't. I just walk oh, around telling people I'm Irish. Kiss me, I'm Ben t-shirt. I, I staple my passport to my forehead and just wander around. Oh, very good. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. one billion for Black Panther. Sequel confirmed. Wonderful news. Good. Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty solid stuff all around. You still haven't seen it, I assume? I, I haven't. I, I did try again, but <laughs> failed again. I, I think... Yeah. <laughs> not good, but yeah. Um... Anyway, I really want to see it as well. It looks so goddamn good. It's pretty um, good, then. Yeah, I know. I think I you'd know. like it. I probably would. And um, his mother is in it. Sorry, who? So, there are mothers in it. Oh, wonderful. Black, well, Black Panther's mother is an important character. So, I mean, oh, thematically That's always good news. It's always ben, good news. have you seen the, the comings and goings of Avengers this week? No, I haven't. So, we're getting... We should probably warn people before we do this. We're getting into like that last m- month and a half of pre-movie release and spoilers yeah, yeah. are starting to creep out. Spoilers are creeping out on the backs of toy packets, um, on press releases, on We're Kevin Feige talking away. to people. So, yeah. I mean, we, we've, a, we've a lot of information. Um, for example, we know that that spooky space planet where the battle happens is Thanos' homeworld of Titan. Oh, it's Titan. Yeah, okay, that's it's been really destroyed actually. by something Thanos couldn't stop. Oh, okay. Well, that kind of changes a lot of stuff. Yeah. That, that's, that makes Thanos a, little, a bit tragic. Uh, oh, I don't... Oh, oh that's going to be interesting. We're, we're going to Shakespeare him. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think they've got Kenneth Branagh. Sorry to... Oh, fuck no. They haven't got Kenneth Branagh. They haven't got Kenneth Branagh. Don't worry. 
Otherwise, we'll have, yea, verily, tis rare to find humor within destroying of one's homeworld. However, this does bring a grin to one's visage. I'll That's get very that. good, Ben. That was very, very bloody. well done, considering it was off the cuff. Yeah, but that'd be bloody grim, wouldn't it? That'd be awful to hear bloody Josh Brolin give that a go for about 20 minutes. Um, what else? Uh, sorry, I should explain. We should explain why that's unusual. Um, in the comic continuity, Thanos is the one that destroys his home planet. Well, you know, it still might be. Uh, yeah, maybe it'll be a big reveal. It's like, I did it. And they'll be like, ooh. Oh. You're a real bad yeah. egg. Uh, <laughs> you're a real bad egg, Also, Kevin, I think it was Kevin Feige has said that despite, like, as we said last week, and as basically everyone has speculated that a lot of people are going to die in Infinity War, and then they're going to get time-gemmed, and everyone's going to be fine. Oh, fuck. But Kevin I Feige hate... has said that everyone who dies is, is staying dead. I hate MacGuffining. I dislike it. Well, I mean, you can't really like MacGuffin, dislike MacGuffining, Ben, and then go see The Hunt for the Six MacGuffins, which this is, this is essentially what this yeah, film fair is. fair enough. This whole series has been The Hunt for the Six MacGuffins. Yeah, Thanos um, and The Hunt for the Six MacGuffins. fuck's sake. That's amazing. Um, okay, any other... So, yeah, how do you feel about all this? Spo- I don't like it when this happens. I, I don't know. like it. When we see everything and we have to put up with everything, I, I just don't like it. Look, Ben, we're in the we're in the podcast game, so that unfortunately means we kind of have to know these things. No, well, but to be uh, fair, our cool. our format at this point is Michael knowing things and Ben being very slow. Um, <laughs> in in fairness, but um, yeah, I get what you mean. Um, yeah, ben, did you see? I know we're not a toy podcast, and I keep bringing it back to toys. But you did you see? Toys. Marvel Legends have announced. And I think almost are about to release a life-size Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I saw... I actually, I actually did see that. I actually did see that. And I thought that is the most ridiculous, cool thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, definitely get one I, from the tiny room. Are you getting it? You're getting a Thanos Gauntlet. Yeah. It's going to go really? here in the... Oh, yeah, for sure. It's going to go here in the display case. How much is it? $100. Oh, that's not actually that bad. It's, I was expecting something... Much heftier. Oh, hundred dollars for a big plastic glove. That's not actually that bad. Oh, is it plastic? Hashtag first world problems. Of course, it's plastic. No, sorry, sorry. I didn't know it was plastic. All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah, uh, very first world. But we are first world. We are first world buddies. So yeah, let's uh, let's move along with that. <laughs> Benjamin, is yes. there any other news? Uh, yeah, so um, kind of big news. You and I, Michael, are uh, long-term fans of a very, very um, dear and heartfelt series that started in 1988. What what series would that be, Michael? I genuinely have no idea. Sandman. Sandman, Michael. Oh! Um, okay. started in 1998. Um, Sorry. With very, with very gentle um, Englishman, Neil Gaiman. Um, Neil Gaiman. Who's uh, Neil Gaiman, uh, or Neil Gaiman... Um, depending on how you like to say it, um, yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back. Sandman's coming um, back. It's coming back to it's it's he's bringing the universe back completely. He has a brand new team of writers. Um, there's a very there's a very interesting very interesting um, video where he gives the launch, um, and it's just him in a very kind of Sandman setting. It's a little garden. Um, and he's just kind of doing that thing that Neil Gaiman does, where but he talks about how. You know how lucky he was to be the creator of Sandman in that very nice Neil Gaiman cheerful cup of tea cadence. Is he wearing a black jacket? 
He is. It's a long, long black jacket because oh, I've all, because he's always found that black is a soothing color. He's Neil Gaiman. I created Sandman. I reshaped comic books, but let's not worry about that now. I love I mean, Neil Gaiman. I love, he's just so unassuming. Yeah, Neil Gaiman's great. I really like his short stories as well, Ben. Give his short stories a read, Ben. Uh, Fragile Things is an amazing compilation, and I have read all of his short stories. Um, I didn't like Ooh. Trigger Warnings as much as I liked Fragile Things or Smoke and Mirrors. Um, yeah, but you're a kind but of think... anti-social justice warrior. That's probably why. No, no, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> fucking hell! All right, Michael, all right, you'll Jordan bring them... Peterson of you'll, podcasts. You'll, you'll, Take it you'll, easy. You'll bring. Oh, <laughs> I think Jordan Peterson has a podcast. He probably does. Um, I, I don't mind Jordan Peterson. He's a bit Jordan of a Peterson tool. would hate this podcast. <laughs> he would hate this podcast so much. Oh, <laughs> he would not be our friend. Um, no. Yeah, fair enough. But you know, we can't win them all, Michael. We can't win them all, um, or even most. Or even most, yeah, Jesus. Ben, uh, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm in two minds about this Sandman coming back thing. I'm not generally a big fan of when things come back. Well, okay, so it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be slightly interesting. First of all, first slightly of all, slightly interesting. <laughs> I say, I, can't, I have to qualify all my statements because every time I do something like that, you go, "That's what you think." I know. That's, that's what I have to put up with. Okay, go on. That's go what on. I have to put up with. But it's slightly different. Um, the original dream, Morpheus, uh, is staying dead. Uh, this has been like drilled into the ground um, by Neil Gaiman. Uh, there's no way he's coming back and doing it if um, Morpheus doesn't stay dead. So that's the first thing. Okay. So this will center around Daniel. Um, Daniel. Nobody likes Daniel. Nobody likes Daniel. But I think the reason that he featured in the, I think the reason he featured in the Dark Knight Metal series was to test the waters. Ben, I didn't um, know he was in the Dark Knight Metal series. Yeah, he's the one that warns Batman that Barbatos is coming or whatever. Anyway, anyway, that was to test the water, I think, and now they're going to bring it back officially. Anyway, this is slightly more interesting. It's going to be Neil Gaiman writing a central... Um, Gay man. Sa- Sandman story. And then he has yes. four writers that are going to take different characters from the Sandman universe. And okay. they're going to write their own arcs. And then they have a brand new series of artists... To take care of each new arc. So Lucifer is getting his own series again. Um, oh, from from TV. Yeah, from TV. He's getting his own series again. Again, um, I think Neil Gaiman and uh, Peter Carey, who took over the Lucifer character, have completely distanced themselves from the TV series. Um, okay. They want they want nothing to do with it. Um, and the comics really reflect that. They have nothing to do with the series. Um, well, I mean, the series is very TV, isn't it? It's very generic uh, plot of the week. Uh, yeah, plot of the week, procedural crap. Um, yeah, and then um, there's going to be a new uh, House of Mystery. Um, oh, very good. For, for those of you that don't know, um, DC has two houses. There's a House of Mystery, and then there's the House of, I think it's Questions. Okay. Um, but this one is going to introduce uh, the House of Whispers, which is a different thing. The houses of etc. Um, are kind of like weird interdimensional or mystical houses that pop in and out of time. Um, and they used to be used in the 70s by DC uh, to write little horror short series. Um, oh, like Tales so from whenever, the Crypt. Yeah, kind of a similar thing like that. Um, so whenever one of the houses of mystery popped up, uh, you knew stuff was going to get fucking weird. Um, but they used to interject them into their superhero storylines, which was kind of cool. Um, so they they would have Batman 
turn down Crime Alley and he would uh, find a door open at the end of Crime Alley and it turns out it was the House of Mystery um, oh, twisted and damn. macabre. Uh, but this was during That's the a 70s. very Sandman concept, isn't it? Uh, yeah. That, that's um, one of my favorite Sandman short stories where the guy turns down an alley he's never seen before and ends up in the city's dream. Yeah, yeah. It's a classic, classic kind of, you know, classic little trope to, to run around with. Um, so anyway, that's uh, the Sandman thing. It actually looks quite interesting because I think, uh, again, Neil Gaiman... That's is your opinion, adamant. Ben. Oh, God. <laughs> gotcha. Um, it's my own fault. I blame myself. Um, I think it's interesting because Neil Gaiman is so adamant that he's not... We're not going back. We're not rebooting here. We're not bringing Dream back. Like, he's, he's very much sticking to his guns on this one. And he quite often, you know, really grinds uh, and makes sure that he keeps his own creative rights. Um, and Vertigo can't really fuck with him because he's bloody Neil Gaiman. Um, Neil Gaiman. This is his return to comics. He's been out of the comic game for a long, long time. Um, but yeah, the four series that he's going to launch are one is going to be the House of Whispers. Um, one is one is going to focus on Lucian, the librarian. Mm-hmm. Um, one is going to focus on the Books of Magic, which is the really interesting miniseries he did for Vertigo in the 90s, That's which a lot opinion. of people think um, J.K. Rowling stole for Harry Potter. Um, but we'll get into that on a different podcast. Um, mm. We don't have time for that today. And then I can't remember what the fourth one is, but it's Sandman Universe related. Oh, Lucifer. Lucifer. Those are hey, the you four. just said that, remember? Um, yeah, sorry, I forgot. Um, I have a short-term memory. Anyway, Michael, I'm really excited to read it. Um, it could be crap. Um, generally, comics that try to cash in on this kind of thing are, uh, and I have very little time for them. But sure, anyway, go on. Give us some other news there. Anything else? Ben, exciting? well, look, Ben, I've been, re- I've been reading Avengers No Surrender. Have you read Avengers No Surrender? I think we both know I, that I haven't, but uh, thank okay. you. Okay. Um, yeah. You know what's interesting about it is it's weekly. Oh, that's quite and, taxing. Yeah, well, I, I assume it was all written before they even they, started. Uh, okay. Yeah, that um, makes sense. It was all written and illustrated before they even started. But I'm really enjoying a weekly comic, Ben. I know but it's I mean, probably you're... very difficult for them to do, but it's it's great. Um, Really? That's good well, news. I, well, the comic itself is pretty standard, to be honest. It's it's a the 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 Black Order, who you'll be familiar with from Thanos. From the old Thanos, and the, the Lethal Legion have been sent to Earth to engage in a a game which could destroy the Earth and the you know the usual. Sorry, could you just go through the the second name for the group there? Um, the Lethal Legion. The, the Lethal. That's a bit silly. Um, Anyway, go on. <laughs> Keep going. Um, but it's full of lots of the. There's a new. There's a new character. They've played the. They've played the same game again. They have a new character called Valerie Vector, aka Voyager. Valerie Vector, and, aka Voyager. And she has okay. quantum powers. Um, and she. Um, she is along the lines of your Marvel Sentry and your Blue Marvel. She's the latest in the line of characters who was instrumental in founding the Marvel Universe. She was one of the founding Avengers, but then was forgotten. Oh, here we go. And now they've they've inserted her back in. I think in this case, unlike Sentry and Blue Marvel and some of the other times this has happened, um, she is going to turn out to be a fake. Oh, good. That'd be nice. So she's she's part of the the problem by the looks of things. Although it might be unrelated. Look... It's a it's a decent little comic. It's it's very, it's a, it's a classic. Like if you wanted to get kids into comics, it would be a decent place to start. Not oh, really? really young kids because it's a little bit. No, violent, I know. But 
Go on. I, but comic books haven't been for kids for a long time, Michael. Um, I know. That's what I'm saying. Think, but this is the type yeah. of thing. This When I started reading comics, this is the kind of thing I would have wanted. Yeah. It's essentially a prolonged battle over some things with a bit of mystery and weekly. Uh, so it's got nostalgia appeal for the for the for the elder among us, and it's got like a a nice hook for the younger. Exactly, and also it brought the Black, Black Legion back in, so everyone knows who they are when they come out in cinemas. In two I'm sorry, months. was it the, was it the Black Order or the Lethal Legion? Or oh, the, the Black, Black Legion. Legion. What's what's the, what's Black. the Black Legion? Oh, for the Black Legion God. is a Warhammer thing, actually. Oh, okay. I was watching bizarre. Look, I, for some reason, I ended up down a, a YouTube spiral um, at the weekend, and I ended up watching trailers for Warhammer games. Ben. Look, we're yeah. going to do a podcast episode on this eventually, but yeah. the Warhammer games, the bloody trailers are great. The best thing about Warhammer <laughs> is its its setting, its universe. Yeah, okay, the lore. Uh, Warhammer, no, I don't. not even the lore, the setting. Okay. War, Warhammer isn't a story, it's a setting. Were you watching okay. Warhammer Future Warhammer, Warhammer 40,000, or Warhammer Fantasy? Uh, 40k, I think. Oh, I mean, 40k, the... It's so ripe for a CG intro scene to a game. Yeah, to be fair, they're they're pretty good trailers. They, yeah, they got the games them. themselves, Ben. Look, I know you're not really a gamer, but uh, I'm not. I'll steer you down the right path for which games are good and which are just kind of passable. Sure. We'll we'll have that conversation in another episode. But oh Excellent. man, uh, it would be Warhammer Forty Thousand is the universe I would most like to live in, but also would really hate to live in because it's, <laughs> okay. it's horrible okay. but it's vast and it's exciting and it's uh varied and it's yeah it's it's a great universe it's interesting most like to live in but really not um, oh, it's awful it would be an awful place to live but it would be it would be an awful place to live unless you were like in the 0.0001% of the luckiest people who have a life of adventure and excitement and everything else is grim and horrible and warty. Well, it's just a big totalitarian thing, isn't it? Like well, that's the human empire. There's yeah. all sorts of other things going on. There's like it's so vast. It's a it's a galaxy spanning universe. Fair uh, enough. With thir- forty years of development, so it, well thirty odd, but uh, like you could live on a, a, basically a paradise planet, Ooh. far away from the the war, or you could live in the the sumps of a two kilometer high city where you haven't you've never even seen sunlight and you you live Ooh. and die without ever seeing the sun it, i mean it's, oh, it's great great universe anyway let's let's not talk about that yeah sorry moving on from warhammer what's next michael what's next uh ben yes did you see a red sparrow no, I think we but like I think we can just stop asking. If <laughs> so you're more the podcast time. at this stage. You're more the paper guy. Yeah, I'm. I'm the paper guy. Oh, that's so shit. Um, yes, I'm the paper guy. But Ben, uh, I, I I saw Red Sparrow there, as you know. I did, ben, ben, I did a video. You did. It was very good, Michael. I was very it's proud on, of you. It's on the channel. It has editing in it. Uh, took me forever. I hate editing. You don't hate editing, Michael. I, think I do. Know. Yeah. No, Here's the I thing, though, we're... Ben. I edit that whole video with Windows Movie Maker. Why the fuck do you use Windows Movie Maker? Because I know how. 
And we have, by the way, the, the the people the people who listen to the podcast should know we actually have a full subscription to Adobe that Michael is welcome to use whenever yeah. he wants. Look, ben, I'm scared but of the won't. new. He won't fucking do I'm, it. I'm scared we have of the Premier, new. I'm like a rat. <laughs> We have Premiere Pro. We have After Effects. We have Audible. We have we have everything. Um, the, the thing I was very disappointed with in Windows Movie Maker is you can't do <laughs> exciting text like you can in all those. No, other you programs. can't. You, you can't edit anything um, properly with Windows Movie Maker. Windows Movie Maker is so successful that it's bloody stopped. They've yeah. removed it from future packages. I know. It was actually pretty um, hard to get a copy, to be honest. Yeah, I would say it was. Um, but anyway, look, the other the downside to Adobe um, is that it takes quite a while to render. And they're huge file sizes when they're done. Um, because it's quality. It's, qual- it's quality. It's quality of book... Fo- uh, 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 it's, qu- it's quality... Uh, uh, Never mind. Um, <laughs> look, Ben, Red Sparrow is good. I enjoyed Red Sparrow, to be honest with you. Is it? Is yeah. It, is it quite um, a good film? Uh, look, as we said in the in the video, it's not a Black Widow film, for sure. One hundred and ten thousand percent. Okay, fair enough. But um, it's still it's a, it's an enjoyable film. It's it's not a great film. Okay. It's an enjoyable film as long as you don't mind really gruesome death and torture and and horrible sex things. I think we all know that. Um, I think we all know that's not that's not true. Um, I, I quite enjoy all those horrible things. sex things. Yeah, horrible sex things are pretty much my bread and butter. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, actually, I've done some horrible sex things with bread and butter. But that's oh no! Point. <laughs> oh my lunch. <laughs> to quote pop uh, culture, lunch ruined. Lunch ruined. What's that from? I don't know. I think maybe it was just me. Maybe I just invented it. Maybe you just invented it. Um, actually, speaking of, of weird and disgusting sex things, do you know what I did this week? Uh, <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, Can I say it on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I went and um, I, I rewatched The Shape of Water. Yes. Um, but this time I rewatched it with a group of normal people that don't give right. a fuck about tropes or symbolism. A norms. Or right. a group of norms. Um, and don't really care about pop culture. And my yeah. God, that film is fucking weird when you watch it with normal people. It's so uncomfortable to watch with normal people who are just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> there's, a lot of, uh, the there's a lot of sex in it, Ben. There's a lot of sex in a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting. I should watch films with normal people more often. Is Shape um, of Water the only film that's watchable in Italy at the moment? No, I, I, um, uh, I went to see it at like a... There was like a party thing, and it was just kind of like hanging out. And you, know. you went to a you went to a party. It was like a viewing you, party. Don't don't. You went don't to a over- party and watched The Shape of Water. Don't overthink it. It wasn't a party. It was a, a get together, a, a hangout. Was it? Oh, is this because it was Oscar season? I possibly. I don't. I don't really know. I just got an invite. Um, but yeah, anyway, it was it was fun to watch a, a weird film with normal people and not enjoy the tropes or or a thing. It was very interesting. Anyway, sorry. Anything else in in, in news, Michael? <laughs> well, Ben. Yes and no news. Oh, uh, oh wait, no. you have news. I think. Aren't you going to tell me about Stranger Things? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, as you know, Michael, I, I struggle with Stranger Things occasionally. Um, you do. It, it's very good, but but but. I don't know if it's as good as everybody goes on about. Um, right. 
Anyway, interestingly, which has nothing to do with the quality of the program, um, that's your opinion. The then. Duffer Brothers are are getting a bit of a, ben, a backlash. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you there for a second. Yeah. Is the is the are they really are they is Duffer their real name? The Duffer Brothers. Yeah. I I think so. No, is it not the Duffer okay. Brothers? I, I don't know, no, I don't know. That's no, something with the go by. I'm wondering, is it the real name I, or oh, is it a nom de plume? I, I, I would imagine it's a nom de plume. Given that they only give that as the thing, I would say it's probably a nom de plume. But anyway, yeah, I've never heard of like Joe and John Duffer. Joe, Joe and John Duffer. Two good old boys from the Alabama South. Always getting into trouble. Sorry. Um, don't know why my mind went there. That was weird. Uh, anyway, um, they're, in, they're getting a bit of blacklash for um, mental abuse and bullying on set. Oh, um, one of good. their one of their key grips, um, a woman who, um, who does a lot of the cinematography for them, um, has resigned. She's quite well respected in the industry, oh. um, and she's resigned. And she resigned um, using an Instagram post um, about how it was an unhealthy work environment. How she watched um, hundreds of women um, kind of be verbally abused and bullied on set. Um, by two men that had a lot of power. She didn't name them initially. And then someone wrote underneath that in a comment, they said, um, are you talking about the Duffer Brothers? And and she kind of threw caution to the wind and said, yes, I am. I'm directly um, referencing the Duffer Brothers. Um, and a couple of other women have come forward in the meantime saying they have had horrendous experiences on set with the Duffer Brothers. Now, it should be noted that it's not usually actresses it's right. um, it's the behind the scenes people, so your grips, your sound technicians, your editors, um, and is it women. women in particular, or are they just arseholes to work with? It seems to be women in particular. Ah, lads, lads. Um, it seems to be women in particular for some reason. Um, they're just bad eggs, I guess. Well, now again, sorry, to, because here at the podcast, uh, we, we'd like to say allegedly. Um, Trial by internet, seem, Ben. We're against yeah, it. Yeah, we are against it. Um, we here at Michael and Benjamin's podcast would like to say that we're against any form of abuse or harassment against women. Um, before we even confirm it, but we will always say allegedly, um, just in case. Um, <laughs> so um, that's that's what we do. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. Um, it's kind of a backlash of the... Well, not a backlash. It's a knock-on from the Me Too movement. Um, and I think it's quite interesting because so many people are, are quite respectful of how they portray female characters. I think Eleven is kind of like a a child youth kind of icon for her kind of interesting portrayal of a tough little cookie. Um, and I think it's kind of more interesting that the the two bad eggs are, are directing them. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens there. See how um, that pans I'd, out, Benjamin. But I'd also be quite nervous of, of any of any two directors that are verbally abusive who work with children a lot. I don't... <laughs> it makes me feel quite uncomfortable. Um, um, yeah, I, I'd like to see how this pans out. I think a lot yeah. of people... A lot of directors are bad eggs. I mean, famous bad egg Stanley Kubrick was yeah. never particularly accused of being difficult to women, as far as I know. He's just a difficult person. By nature, he was an yeah. auteur. Yeah, I don't know. It's... More than, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. I, I've always kind of found that auteur thing to be quite annoying as a concept because if you think films are made by one director, who you know, um, you, you're wrong. You've misunderstood <laughs> films. You've, you've misunderstood ben, films. You know what they say about speculation? When you speculate, you make a spec out. No, that's no, that's uh, assume. Ah, you got it wrong. It's all, yeah. right, it's all right. We'll we'll come back next week and try again. It's okay. Yeah. 
Benjamin, speaking of uh, tough lady cookies, tough lady on, cookies on, on the Netflix. Yes. Have you seen a Jessica Jones? Would you like to guess my answer? Yes. No. <laughs> no, of course you haven't. Of course Do you I have haven't. Netflix, Ben? Um, I just have shitty internet, Michael. I, I have Netflix, but I, I, I have shitty internet, and um, that doesn't really let me watch it. I am going to fix that very, 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 very soon. Um, but I have shitty internet right now. It's a miracle we're even doing the podcast, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's a Christmas like, miracle. I was so bloody nervous setting it up today, um, because my, my internet is terrible. Um, but no, I haven't seen it, Michael. I hear it's very fucking good. Well, Ben, I've seen a good chunk of it. Yes. Um, it's it's slow to start. Let's be let's be honest. The original series was similarly so, no? Well, all Netflix. I mean, you could say the biggest, my biggest critique of all the Netflix shows is they're not just slow to start; they're just flat out slow. Yeah, they do that a lot. And you could say that that's again the biggest criticism of this. But I think that Jessica Jones, Kristen Ritter's Jessica Jones character lady is now my favourite Marvel character. I think she was always one of mine. When yeah, she's, she's always been in the top few, but oh, she's, she's bloody right. great. She's, she's just, gone right up there. Yeah, she's fantastic. I love how, while I was watching the episodes, every time she uses her super abilities, um, 90% of the times it's for super breaking and entering. And it's fantastic. Every time she casually breaks a lock to break in somewhere, I, I laugh out loud. Or every time she leaps over a fence or or snaps a door handle, it's just <laughs> fantastic. It's such a great use of... Uh, let's be honest, what she has is relatively low-level superpowers. Yeah, she's she's got... But she's strong and fast. Something. She's got something going on, but like we don't know what it is. Oh, well, Ben, the, uh, oh. That's, that's, you've stumbled upon the plot of this season. I've not seen the series, so I don't know. Okay. And um, speaking of David Tennant, which you've just I, done. Um, yeah, I kind of did. It does, it does kind of suffer from having a less compelling villain. Uh, uh, it's a mystery you, villain for most of how, the series, really. How do you follow up David Tennant, though? Like that, I, I genuinely think that David Tennant is one of the best MCU villains. Oh, not, yeah. not not in terms of like great comic book characters or anything like that. I've never seen someone I hated. So I've never seen a character that made my screen, skin call quite as much as David Tennant did um, in Jessica Jones. He is just vile. He's a, he does this amazing job. Like he's evil and twisted and of course British. Um, but um, he's just great. I just I think he's hate, an amazing... Uh, I hate Logan from Veronica Mars that much, but he's not the villain. He's a love interest. I've never watched Veronica Mars. Sorry. Um, the guy who played Logan also now plays uh, the leader of the zombie army in iZombie. I've forgotten his name. Oh, I know him. He has the big forehead. And the the guy with the forehead. You know the guy with the forehead yeah. and the disproportionately the the muscular body? I really hate that guy. I don't know what it is about him. He just really rubs me the wrong way. He's anyway. One yeah, go on. One of the best moments in the whole first series or the whole second series of Jessica Jones is when she's having a nightmare and everything's getting a bit panicky and terrifying and things gradually take on a purple hue and then you're like oh 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 things are about to get real oh here we go nice as it turns out it doesn't get real but um it just shows you it it's kind of a 
I see what they're doing by having the the hint the the kind of bits of him lingering, but in a way it makes you miss him even more. But I I don't think Je Jessica Jones is such a good character. She doesn't need Kilgrave to yeah. survive to keep going as a character. I think she's pretty great on her own two feet. I, I you know I think she's quite something. Um, no, like I, I, it's funny because before Jessica Jones, I had always enjoyed Kirsten Ritter, but I didn't really like, I didn't really care all that much. And then once, wait, hang on. <laughs> oh, I've got a cramp. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, I was trying not to make a big deal of it. I got a huge cramp in my leg. <laughs> I was just looking at the screen there, listening. For reason, like Mick rolled backwards and like dropped I was trying to keep it quiet. <laughs> my hamstring cramped. <laughs> I was on my feet a lot yesterday, Ben. That was very painful. Oh, oh well, here's to hoping you fix your cramp. Anyway, coming back to the wonderful um, Kirsten Ritter. I, I wasn't really all that enamored with her initially, and after watching her in a couple of things, because she's kind of slowly become leading lady material. She wasn't always. Yeah. She was a, she was a bit rom com actor for a long time. Well, she um, had her own rom com series or her own uh, her own sitcom. Yeah, but see, that was the start of her kind of leading lady credentials. She was Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Um, I think that show was officially called Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23. Oh, okay. I think it got edited to be... Oh, okay. I well, think the original title was a bit more risque. Yeah, it I think quite, I might be wrong on that. It was quite an interesting series. It was quite an interesting series. I like that series. I think she's very yeah. good. She kind of looks a bit like a sexy Michael Jackson. Yeah, I, and I, I find it hard not to see Michael Jackson every now and then. It's, I don't think it's oh, even don't Kristen ruin Ritter. Jessica Jones for me. Don't. Do I think that. it's Jess. It's not Kristen Ritter. It's Jessica Jones who looks a bit like a sexy Michael Jackson. It's, it's the jet black hair and and pale skin. Pale skin, like super pale skin, and her nose is quite upturned. Yeah, she has a little um, pointy nose as well. She has a little pointy nose. Uh, but anyway, would you recommend that I go and watch it, Michael? Would you? Would of course, you? I would, Ben. It's it's very good. It's very enjoyable. I'll do my um, best again. Too long. The, all of the Marvel shows would benefit. Although even we've we've always said we prefer a tight eight or a tight ten. We do but like a even, tight ten. Even when Defenders was eight, they still managed to drag it out and make nothing happen in the first four. Mm. So mm. I think it's a style choice or a writing choice that's the issue, rather than how long the bloody series is. Yeah, I don't know how to fix. Oh, it. speaking of uh, Marvel series and long, um. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has its had its 100th episode this weekend. I don't care. Look, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a good show. I don't care. It's a very good show. I um, don't care. Uh, Chloe Bennett, uh, who plays Daisy Johnson, has become really good. Agent May is still in it. Phil Coulson is great. It's a good show. And look, watch it. It's good. I don't care. Ben, you're a bad egg. No, I'm really not. But I just don't care. Who Who cares? One of the sly drawbacks of uh, Jessica Jones season two is uh, Patsy Walker's ca character development. She becomes oh, no. a kind of... Remember in Daredevil season one how Karen Page's investigation and her moving from legal secretary to journalist was uh, in a lot of ways a driver behind the plot? Yeah, yeah. And she was kind of determined... Patsy Walker is... Like a wannabe Karen Page. Oh. She's kind of whinier, kind of a bit more on top. But as it turns out, when you get further into the series, 
it's all on purpose. It, it, I thought it was just they'd written the character poorly. I thought they'd made her into a bit of a okay. naggy shrew. Uh, oh, okay. But as it turns out, it, that's not really what's going on. It's actually a very... It is, there's actually some motivation behind it. Okay, okay. And the motivation makes sense for for the character as well. But it's difficult to get into it before you see the motivation. Yeah, like I mean, I suppose in a way, me not liking her in the first couple of episodes is good writing. Yeah. Um, I suppose. Yeah, if, if that's what they intend, then it is good writing. Mm. It's, it's the same thing, I guess, going back to David Tennant, it's the same thing of like, there's nothing gr- good about that character. Like, he's written to be this repulsive creature, and you you actually can't get behind him. Because I, I find it really difficult with him, because I'm a Doctor Who... Well, I was a Doctor Who fan. I'm not a Doctor Who fan anymore. But I because was the Doctor new Doctor Who, Who is a lady, Ben. Uh, that's no, I'm that's not, incredibly that's not, sexist. That's not the reason that I'm not a Doctor Who fan anymore. I'm not a Doctor Who fan anymore because Russell T. Davies gave up the writing and he gave it over to Stephen Moffat, who loves who loves jerking twists and not following the rules he's built in his own universe. Um, and I uh, disagree with Stephen Moffat as a as a writer. Um, I think you disagree with I, his existence as a writer. Yeah, I think he okay. should be one. Um, I think that the Lady Doctor is actually kind of cool. It's a nice change of pace. Um, and she was, she was in one of the better episodes of Black Mirror as well. Yes, she was. And she's awfully pretty. Um, which which always helps. Um, not necessary, <laughs> but helps. Um, <laughs> anyway. Ben, you sound like a 50s ad executive. Anyway, I am you don't have to be pretty to work here, but it does help. Oh, God. All right. That's fair enough. So if you or anyone else objects to me on the podcast, uh, podcast wanker can fuck off. He's not allowed to object. <laughs> but if anyone, else, if anyone else objects, please leave us a comment down below. Be nice. Um, but yeah, um, I remember him as the 10th Doctor, and he was this amazing kind of, you know, wide-eyed, really dynamic. He was the Doctor Who. He was Doctor Who as a millennial. Yeah, get out of here, millennials. He was he was a decent doctor, and then seeing him as the Purple Man, my God, such a shift. Um, he was great. Uh, ben, apparently, anyway. apparently, I'm a millennial. How how are you a millennial? Because it it's been reclassified, apparently. Oh, for and now, sake. like twenty four to thirty six is a millennial. You can't just reclassify it out of nowhere. Well, you can, because who's responsible for classifying it? But does that not render every single lecture and buzzword and clickbaity article on how millennials are shit useless? Does that not change all that all of a sudden? Does that well, not ben, mean I'm that a bit all useless. The, uh, no, but does that not mean that all the bollocks pseudoscience that's gone into this entire industry so that people can sell TED Talks and fucking crap like that is useless? Oh, no, wait, it was always useless. Never mind. Because classifying well, people by generation is fucking thick. Um, Jesus, tell us how you feel, Ben. Yeah, I feel pretty strongly about that, actually. I really hate that fucking term. Um, I think it's really stupid. What a millennial thing to say. Hang on, given our our career, Michael, outside of podcasting, (laughs) I do not think it's a very stupid thing. Male modelling? Male modelling, yeah, to be fair. If I hear one more person say that I can't be an outdoor male model just because I'm a millennial, smacks. Apparently, I have to wear hoodies and do things on telephones all the time. Telephones, yeah. they're not telephones, they're mobile phones. They're smartphones. My God, I'm so old. Ben, let's muddy move on, will we? <laughs> yeah, let's. Let's uh, get you off this little rant here and let's, yeah, yeah. let's move let's on. Let's calm me down. Okay. Okay. What are we talking yeah, about, Ben? I don't know. What's what's next? What's next? Um, um, go on. Go on. No, you're, you're miles ahead of me. I 
I, while I was watching um, Jessica Jones and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Uh, I also have just, um, I've refurbished the tiny room. Ben. Yay, tiny room. And since I was kind of on the topic of like TV, mm. I, I dug out my old Buffy the Vampire Slayer box sets and watched Buffet. some of them. Very ben, good. Are you too old or too young to remember Buffet the Vampire Slayer? I'm right in the middle of Buffet the Vampire Slayers. I am the age where my mother, when she caught me watching it, said, That's too violent, turn that off. Um that's that's my age. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so that's that's my age. It was uh that's too violent, turn that off. So that's that's kind of my engagement with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I quite enjoyed watching Buffy um, because I wasn't allowed to. Um, Very good. So that became so that's that's my age. That should give you a rough idea of kind of how I engaged with it. Um, I think it was really interesting. I never really connected with it. I had a very hard time as a young fella connecting with stuff that was oh, very no. American. Oh, connecting okay. with stuff that was very. You American. had a hard time as a young fella. No, no, I had a fairly decent time as a young fella. I'm a first world. Kid, you had right? a hard time connecting with things that are American. Super American. Uh, How times have changed? Uh, no, now I adore things that are American. Um, but, mm. uh, well, pop culture-wise, I don't really adore other things that are American. Yeah, but still, bloody um, Trump. Bloody, bloody Trump. Um, get out of here, Trump. Get out of here, yeah, 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 bad orange egg. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, so what I meant to say there was, um, yeah, I. it was very alien to me as a concept. Um, the high school thing, those dynamics and stuff. And it's only as I got older I realised how kind of clever that show could be. Could be. Um, anyway, how was revisiting Buffy the Vampire Slayer for you? Weird, Ben. Oh. Weird. Um, oh. Weird good or weird bad? No, weird. Weird. Like weird it's, um, bread and butter sex stuff? Or weird? No, not that weird. <laughs> like, it didn't make me think of you. Um, the, strange thing about, the strange thing about Buffy is... Alright, this is left. Sorry. Right. Magic. That, was, that was very well timed. Anyway, go on. The strange thing about Buffy is... It's so influential. Yes. And Buffy, as a character, was so important in pop culture... Mm-hmm. That it's very hard to watch it, bloody nearly twenty years later, um, and still like it. I like I do. It is still undeniably good, but okay. everything about it became the way TV was after it after it was on. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, as in it shifted the ground, and at the time it was like, whoa! But now, because everybody's copied, it's like, oh... Exactly. I yeah. mean, if you look at it, like, instead of instead of just a lead character loner, sure. you had this high school girl and her group of friends, but all of the friends were interesting and developed and important characters as well. And okay. I know people complain about Joss Whedon banter these days. The but really snappy kind of... The snappy back and forth. Yeah. Every show tries to do it now. Mm. I mean, when Buffy came out, that was so new and fresh and original. But then every show started doing it. And it's very hard to watch it now because, in fact, compared with modern modern shows, it's quite it's quite basic. It's like listening to rap from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. a hip, 
hop, a hippity, the hippity, the hippity, hop, hop, and don't stop. That um, is terrible. Uh, yeah, no, terrible. that's how it goes. That's how Gangster's Paradise goes. Good Rapper's God. Paradise? Rapper's Delight? Gangster's Rap- Delight? I can't remember what that song's called. Gangster's Delight. Gangster's Delight. Gangster's Paradise is as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I take a I look at my, my life and realize there's nothing left. Good yeah. so luck syncing that up, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're doomed. Um, yeah. Anyway. What was I saying? Then also, like Buffy, it, it set up. The reason Jessica Jones made me think of Buffy was that mm-hmm. Buffy set up that whole generation of TV shows which started to be about. Um, young women discovering strange or supernatural or just unusual abilities yeah, and then having to deal with them and live their normal life. And I mean, there's almost direct, there, there are direct Buffy spinoffs like Faith and Angel, but even things like, have you ever seen Veronica Mars? Uh, I know exactly what it is. It's uh, Kirsten, what's her name? Bell. Yeah, Kristen Bell. Turns out it's a shame that you didn't tell me this ahead of time or I would have gotten my, my mother to join in the conversation. She is a massive Veronica Mars fan. Um, my lady friend was mm. a huge Buffy fan. Um, we should have got her on the show this week, actually, or oh. someone. Anyway, but she was a huge Buffy fan. And she said, because we, me and my lady friend Ben, are about the same age that Buffy was supposed to be. Uh, so when Buffy went to college, yeah, that's when I started college. When Buffy finished ah, high school, okay. that's when I finished secondary school. Okay. Um, so I think the character is actually a year older than me if she was real, but we got it slightly delayed here in Ireland. Yeah, fair enough. So she's a, a tiny bit older than us. So I was talking to my lady friend about Buffy because we watch it together, Ben. Yeah. And she said that when she was that age watching it, she'd never seen like a a character outside of a a soap or something yeah. like that she doesn't sure. she doesn't watch she doesn't watch soaps but she had never seen a character who was so like her not okay. necessarily she, okay. not, not not saying that not saying that um she has superpowers i'm, I'm like if the that government would be really, are listening that would be really cool if the government are listening i'm not saying that I'm not saying that that's what she said, but she said that it was the first time to see like a, a strong character, a strong female lead okay. who was her age and living with a similar life to her on TV. And then it spawned a whole bloody generation of them. Uh, Veronica Mars is basically Buffy. If instead of superpowers and vampires, she had detective skills and noir murders. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I can, See what I'm I can saying? That. Yeah, See yeah, yeah. What I'm saying? They copied Very, the model. Not necessarily they copied the model, but it just it changed the face of TV. Yeah, okay. That's we fair. wouldn't have a Jessica Jones today, even though Jessica Jones isn't like Buffy because Buffy wasn't a hard drinking woman in her thirties. But uh, it, look, in a lot of ways, you could say that if if Buffy had grown up without superpowers, she might have turned out to be Jessica Jones. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's yeah, possibly. Like, I could see that. I could probably... Yeah, that's fair. Ben, no, you watch it. She's a real interesting character, but like I said, they don't... It was hard for me to engage with it. Maybe, first of all, because I'm not... Uh, or I was never a teenage girl. I'm not. Never was. <laughs> um, Although, you do get very excited when you hear news about 
I don't know who teenage girls like anymore. It's probably not Bieber. It's not Bieber. Bieber's who, long gone, kid. Who is it, Ben? Who are the teenage um, girls like? I think I think there's one of the lads from One Direction they're still a bit into. Um, Zane. Zane. Is there a Zane knocking around? Harry. There's a Malik. There's a you know. No, Zane type. is Malik, isn't he? I think it, it's, it's Zane Malik. Oh, it's the same. Damn. Damn. Um, this is betraying a lot of your listening habits to the listeners. Um, no, <laughs> but like I said, like I said, I'm actually very good, Ben, at uh, remembering the names of band boy band members. I don't know why. I think it's Zane, Harry, Liam. Zane, Harry, Liam. The other one, Niall. Niall, the Irish Niall, one. Niall's the Irish him. one. Yeah. And then the other one. I think the other one is kind of a failure, though. I think the other one's oh, kind he? of. Yeah, Chasing he's kind of. For being went off memory. the rails. Um, anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it was hard for me to engage, but but it's, but it's hard to, because she was really unflinching. Like I think Buffy was really unflinching in her, you know, when she took on demons and stuff. That was the thing that always kind of stuck with me after watching that show. She's never really scared or helpless. She always kind of faces into it quite stoically. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a lot of tragedy. Like she she hits a lot of those walls. Um, but funnily enough, I think she, I think it was the supporting cast that made her kind of a more rounded out character because she's quite unflinching as she goes through the series. Um, well, I mean, with the exception of, uh, and this almost sounds like we planned it, but it doesn't, but we didn't. The exception of the, the famous episode where she loses her mother. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's it. She has a difficult relationship with her mother in the series, though, isn't she? Up until... There's like a reconciliation or something, isn't there? Like there is a bit of a reconciliation, and there's a difficult relationship, but it's only a difficult relationship in a mother-teenager sort of way. Like her yeah. mother, her mother is a very positive character in the show okay. generally. Okay. Um, I mean, and there's there's episodes where her mother falls in love with a robot and stuff, and she she doesn't believe Buffy. I think once they get past the whole having to keep everything secret from her mother, yeah, yeah, it, it helps the character a lot. Yeah, that that usually does it. Here's a question for you though, Ben, because you love yeah, a theme. Ahead. I love an elf theme. The the that episode of Buffy the Body where she comes home and finds her mother dead, yes. and then the whole episode is about uh, supernaturally trying to revive her mother in various ways. Yeah. And then at the end, we see that that was all just in her head, and in fact, her mother's dead. That's pretty interesting. I remember that. Is that Ben? And you might have to explain what this term means first. But is that a woman in a refrigerator? Oh, okay. So this is this is this is one of my favorite things, Michael. Um, so, woman in a refrigerator is actually bread and, um, bread, and bread and butter. Bread, yeah, I love. Oh, I love bread and butter. Um, but yeah, a woman in a refrigerator is a trope in comic books. It started well. It was it was first kind of cataloged as a result of comic books uh, by Kelly Sue DeConnick, actually. Uh, really? Oh no, no, it's not Kelly. Uh, Kelly, it's Gail Simone. Ah, good old Gail. It's Gail Simone, or it's either, it's either Gail Simone or Kelly Sue DeConnick. I can't remember which one, but I think it's ben, Gail is Simone. Gail Simone related to Nina Simone? She's not, definitively no. not, uh, unfortunately. But she started a blog where she kept track of the female characters that existed in comic books that only served to further the purpose by being a victim of violence or murdered. Ben, hold on a second. Um. Was this before Gail Simone became a, a well-known writer herself? She was a writer at the time. She did not write exclusively for comics at the time, and it was before she achieved any kind of fame as a comic book writer. 
Um, oh, that's interesting. So she kind of kept the blog in the 90s. The blog has since stopped, um, but it still exists. You can still go see the blog. Um, and the reason it's called Women in Fridges is there's a, a very famous episode, uh, or there's a very famous issue of Green Lantern where... Um, Greg Lantern, I believe. He Greg Lantern, um, where Greg comes home um, <laughs> and he finds his girlfriend for, I think, I think she might have been his girlfriend for maybe three or four issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was introduced at the start of the arc and he finds her chopped up in the freezer. Um, but Ben, that's ridiculous. Why would you introduce that character just to sh- chop her up in a shocking reveal? And there is the crux of women in fridges. It's a ridiculous ah. problem that perpetrates violence towards women for no purpose other than furthering a plot. Um, and does, does the plot have to be about men? Uh, usually men are the key figures, yes. The... the it doesn't have to be obviously that exists which is why it's so interesting that you bring it up with regards to Buffy is it fair to murder her mother for the sake of dramatic effect is there a point in murdering her mother just to make people go Um, I think in terms of Buffy because her mother is such a long standing character and because Joss Whedon is such a prick when it comes to beloved characters um, (laughs) it probably falls outside the realm of a woman in a fridge because um, he just loves to fuck with people's um, loved characters. He he just has a weird fetish. Like killing beloved characters is to Joss Whedon what bread and butter is to me. Um, <laughs> Very good. It's, it's um, throw back to earlier in the podcast. It's um, it's a real like he loves to murder an L character. So I think he might have slipped the news because she's such a long established character and because she's recurred so often and had her own trials and tribulations and arcs. I think it might just be one of those unfortunate things where someone dies. Um, which happens sometimes. But it I does think happen. Could... And sometimes it does happen and it's completely meaningless and it yeah. doesn't serve any plot. In fact, that's I... usually how death works in real life. Yeah, I think in, in the Buffy one, um, I think in the Buffy thing, it, it gave her kind of a darker arc for a while. She was able to be a bit angrier. What about Jen- Jenny Callender? Uh, you got to help me out there. Jenny Callender was the high school computer teacher. And she started going out with Mr. Giles. Ah, yes. She is definitively a woman in a fridge. Um, Because then she got killed by Angel. Yeah, she is a woman in a fridge. She's there to cause a little bit of tension between two male characters. um, In this case, Giles and Angel. um, And it's there to kind of, as a shocking kind of thing. And it gives the male character a little bit of tragedy in his backstory. And it makes it okay for him to do something a little bit out of character. For example, get very violent or not be as um, not be as well thought out or as slow thinking. So you kind of turn on the impulse in the man to just be a bit more of a dickhead. Um, mm. So I think I think you know that's a very good example of a Mary Sue. I think the more famous example in very recent times is. Do you see Jurassic World? Yep. Yeah, you know Bryce Dallas Howard's um, cardboard woman character that really irritating, you know non-emotional character that she plays who runs the park the lady who runs around in high heels and doesn't break her ankle yeah yeah her i don't she remember has, the character's name Bryce Dallas has, Howard. she has an assistant in oh. jurassic world right um and her assistant is a lovely lovely person um, the english lady the english yeah, babysitter who's, who's kind of just kicked around by Bryce Dallas Howard um, mm-hmm. and she tries to look after the kids and she tries to save people in the big, even though it's not her job even though it's not her job in the big Jurassic pandemonium scene and she dies yeah, in such a violent pointless way um, and I think a, we were supposed to find it funny 
I think it's supposed to be one of those jump cut things where you're like, ah, but it's actually quite horrific. She's eaten by, or she's picked up by and torn apart by, a, I don't know the name of the dinosaur, one of the flying dinosaurs. I think they were some sort of pterosaurs, perhaps yeah. a pterodactyl. I see I'm very careful around biologists when I have to name things um, mm. because I don't get them right. Um, so yeah, she's picked up by a flying dinosaur, which is then subsequently... Actually, eaten. Ben, pterosaurs aren't dinosaurs. Okay, I knew that was coming. I never, I always get my hopes up. I always think, um, oh yeah, less, I did a, No, wait, I'm a, having a, ter- a moment. Ben, I, a pterodactyl, I'm having, I'm having a famously, moment. Ben, famously, Ben, a pterodactyl <laughs> uh, is less closely related to a T-Rex than a chicken is. Welcome to Ben's so, moments. Anyway. Anyway. Don't let him see you cry. Hint of emotion um, in the voice there. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, so, she's then it's picked up. She's picked up by a flying dinosaur. Flying flying reptile thing. There you go. Which is then eaten by a swimming reptile thing. Um, and it's really unfair because she's nothing but a good character. And she just gets destroyed for some reason. And I think the most fucked up thing about that scene is exactly what you said. I think we were supposed to find it funny. Yeah, because a... she deserved to die because she was a poor babysitter, even though that wasn't her job. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a comeuppance thing where you're like, ha And it's just too gruesome for that to be okay. Like the sound cuts out before she dies. Like it's really, it's a really jarring scene, the whole thing. It's kind of messed up. That is the definition of a woman in a fridge. Um... But Ben, I would say... Now, this I'm, I'm going to argue with you here. Is it though? Because it's not like her death served the development of anyone else's plot it was just a gruesome shock that was yeah, misjudged that that falls under an equal footing with the woman in the fridge so w- w- women in the fridge don't always propel the plot that's that's not what they do occasionally okay. occasionally a woman in the fridge incident or a use of the woman in the fridge trope is pointless it, it's there's no need for that woman to suffer. And I think um, the reason that they exist is, in comic books certainly, it's to sell the kind of, the edge factor. They're like, ooh, look how grim and gritty we are. I, I think a We're famous- so edgy. Pro- yeah. We're edge lords. A really famous proponent of that is- um, Kevin is Frank Miller. Frank, Frank Miller. Frank Miller, that's who I he, meant. He, he loves an L butchering of women. Um, there's a couple of examples of that Sin City has numerous examples of it and, and mm-hmm. Dark Knight Returns has it with Catwoman. Um, you know, these these things are, you know, a dime a dozen um, in in the L world of Frank Miller. Um, and I think in comic books they serve to be like, we're not like kids things, we're edgy. Um, Look at all these women who are going to die. And then I think in things like Jurassic World, it's like, look how dangerous this moment is. But... You know, wasn't don't, don't get me wrong here. I really disliked that scene in Jurassic World, but um, wasn't it basically the equivalent of the man being eaten on the toilet in the first Jurassic Park? Mm, yeah, okay, that's, that's fair. What, that, but I that's think... what I thought it was. I thought it was supposed to be a throwback. Uh, someone, yeah, a throwback, a bit of a, a unexpectedly violent gruesome end to someone who was incompetent but she was much less deserving of it than him yeah and i think the other thing about the he was a real dickhead the toilet scene versus the the baby the babysitter scene i suppose well the the impromptu babysitter scene um 
is that there's some kind of build to the toilet scene. Whereas yeah, 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 the death yeah. of the babysitter is completely abrupt. It's quite, like I said, quite jarring. You, you're just, and then no one cares either. Yeah, there's no response. Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pat have a little snog at the end. No one goes, where's my assistant who's helped me run the park since I opened it? Bryce Dallas yeah. Howard is horrible in that film. And I can't She's believe they're jail. making a sequel. Like, it's just like... She should. She should be in jail. She should absolutely be in jail. She fucked that up. Uh, anyway, that is the women in fridges trope. Um, and I think it's it's quite difficult to track effectively. And I think another reason that maybe the blog wasn't kept going is that it's quite hard to distinguish where and when the murder of a character is justified. And then I think it quite often happens now with male characters as well, um, where you just have a pointless death to further... It quite often happens with parents... Um, or brothers or very close friends we're quite often introduced to a very close friend or a brother who's abruptly snapped apart but where I would say um, that changes is that men who die as part of a kind of plot propelling thing are uh, often brought back so you can see that in the the mummy with Tom Cruise um, where his oh, friend the guy dies. From the, the, yeah, the, 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 the new girl guy. Yeah, the, the new girl guy, exactly. He dies, but he gets to come back and nothing happens. So he's there to cause a bit of guilt and motivation for the character, but it's okay because Tom Cruise becomes a weird mummy god at the end um, and he can bring him back. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. But Ben, speaking yeah. of stupid endings, shall we yes. wrap the podcast up for today? <laughs> Yay, stupid endings. Yeah. Uh, do the end bit, Ben. Uh, so, as you know, um, we here have a podcast. We put it on YouTube. Give us an L like. Give us an L subscribe. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Vero these days. Um, you can get in touch with us right here. If you have any questions or want to know anything about how you can do stuff in the bedroom with bread and butter, uh, just text me directly. If you want to know anything about pop culture, probably give Mick a shout. Um, and are there any deaths in pop culture that you find particularly irritating or unnecessary? Um, do uh, let us wash. know down below. Wash. Yeah, fire wash. Plate. Wash fucking hurt. That was... That was real bad. Oh, God. If, if, if this wasn't purely uh, an audio medium, I would have a minute's silence for Wash. Uh, but as it's not, that's it for this week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, Ben. We can have a, we can have a week's silence. <laughs>